We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. A jersey is pretty classy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Nothing <laughs> screams class like a jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Mac Weldon. Use the promo code ROTOSOCCER, R-O-T-O-S-O-C-C-E-R, to get 20% off your order over at MacWeldon.com to get some of the finest underwear and socks around. Uh, my name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. I am joined by our own Chris Owen today, filling in for Mike Gottlieb, who apparently had more important things to do. So, Chris, 
Uh, I would say the bar is high, but it's not. So welcome aboard. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, happy to be on the pod and ready to talk some EPL this weekend. Yeah, we got uh, a nice slate going on. We uh, I was talking to somebody else uh, a little bit this morning just about how the there are plenty of matchups to exploit, and it's going to be one of those weekends where uh, we could see one of the bigger clubs just dominating someone, but it's always a problem of making sure you get the right one. Um, the early game will just kick right off. Uh, 7.30 Eastern is Burnmouth hosting Spurs, which you know is one of these that, uh, I'd say maybe last weekend would have looked like, uh, you know, ready for Tottenham to roll over. But Burnmouth uh, bagged six last weekend. Uh, I will go out on a limb and say they won't do it this weekend. But do you think Burnmouth can break through on on Tottenham? Uh, I don't necessarily think. I think they can put up a couple goals, but I, I don't see them breaking through and uh, taking all three points from Tottenham. Um, with that being said, I just I just haven't seen a whole lot of uh, a whole lot out of uh, Jansen yet so far at forward for Tottenham. Um, Vincent just hasn't really found the back of the net so far. Um, but other than that, I, I do see that being a pretty competitive match and, and think that Bournemouth will have confidence after uh, winning last weekend 6-1. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, the Jansen thing, not that everybody thought he'd be like a, I mean, he's positionally like for like for Harry Kane, but the he's just not the same finisher, obviously. And so uh, I wonder if he'll even start. They had... Um, midweek champions league which um i believe he started that one but they've got so many guys who they can play out on the wings at least in the midfield then you can theoretically move uh sun up to to play center forward if they wanted to and then just pack everybody behind them whether it's erickson or lamella or sissoko like they got they got plenty of that deli ali yeah for sure um he's probably playing better than than any of them and I guess I should begrudgingly mention Christian Eriksen too, who I've I've never been a huge fan of. But um, Junior Stanislas certainly looks like the guy to have from Burnmouth. Do you think there's anybody else that that kind of allows you to get exposure to Burnmouth without necessarily using Stanislas? Well, uh, we'll talk about it later in, with our DraftKings lineups. But I uh, I have Jordan Ive mm-hmm. um, just because uh, the price is right um, as far as a. Uh, as a forward goes. And so I picked him up just kind of on a, on a low end play um, and just trying to fill up my lineup with kind of a cheaper player. I could see him uh, getting a little bit of space out on the left or the right, depending on where he starts at. Um, but that's one player I kind of have my eye, eye on in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if some people will try to get, although the early, the early game doesn't always include the, uh, isn't always included on these slates, but I wonder if people will try to get cute with Arthur Boric thinking that, the saves will make up for possibly giving up a few goals. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like Spurs, uh, obviously the numbers show that they've been really good defensively. I think it sounds like Danny Rose could miss out, but uh, they don't miss a whole lot with, with Ben Davis back there. And Eric Dyer, I think, is supposed to be at center back next to uh, Vertonghen because Toby Alderwald is still out. But, I mean, those guys are, are pretty are fine back there. So I'm just not sure we'll get a ton from Burnmouth. But, they did get some positive news on Alderweireld this uh, this week with his scan not being such a yep. as, as big of a deal as it, as we previously thought it was going to be when he was stretchered off. So that's positive. Eric, obviously the two Belgians in the middle have a pretty good uh, pretty good understanding, but Eric Dyer slots into the center pretty well too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, we've got six 10 a.m. games, 10 a.m. Eastern at least. Uh, let's start off, the, and I feel like none of them uh, are particularly even. Um, well, I guess maybe let's start with this one, Hull City and Stoke, because that one, 
um, should be should be close. Stokes obviously getting much better, uh, or at least they were much better last weekend. And Hull's kind of uh, I feel like Hull's a team that you can consider when they're not playing a big club. And then um, you know obviously Stoke coming in isn't isn't going to worry them as much as any other teams like Man City or Chelsea. So um, any guys from Hull that that you that caught your attention? Uh, there wasn't really any people that I, uh, I'm going to put in my lineup out of Hull, um, just out of kind of recognizing that Stoke's been playing a little bit better, and mm-hmm. I kind of like them uh, to win this matchup here. And so there wasn't really anybody I considered other than uh, Chris Davies in the center, but mm-hmm. uh, nobody that made it into my lineup out of Hull. Gotcha. Uh, well, that's good because I have two guys from Hull. That um, Perfect. I'll, yeah, I'll break that break that down later. But uh, the one guy I'll, I'll give that away probably – or yeah, probably won't play, is Joshua Tymon. He's uh, Andrew Robertson's out for a few weeks. Tymon, I think, is 17. And I feel like home against Stokes, not the worst way to make your debut, but it sounds like he may be able to start there. Uh, the The more realistic possibility is that Sam Klukas moves back from kind of his holding midfield spot um, and then moves into uh, Robertson's place. But uh, who from Stoke uh, interests you the most? Is it Joe Allen? Oh, it's you. You know me too well. It's, uh, definitely. Um, he's been playing great. Obviously, bagging bagging goals always helps in your fantasy lineup. And yeah. uh, so he's going to be. Uh, I have him in our, our season long Taga league. And uh, so he's somebody I considered for DraftKings. Didn't get him in my lineup, however. Definitely a player to target um, as he's been able to to score goals, which is pretty big. So other than that, I'm I'm always expecting big things out of the Stoke uh, Stoke attack, but not always necessarily seeing the results that I want. Um, they've got a, qu- quite a few players who can definitely fill the net, but uh, Joe Allen being the biggest target for me. Yeah, Hull have allowed uh, more shots than anybody this season, and so I feel like we spoke on, the, or Mike and I spoke on the podcast last or earlier this week, excuse me, and I was saying that if Joe Allen was anybody else, I'd be a lot higher on him. You're obviously a, a Liverpool guy, so you have a, a softer feeling for, for Joe Allen than I do. But, Welshman, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so he lines up perfectly for you. Whereas I'm kind of, I have no allegiance to to Joe Allen, and I'm kind of like, come on, it's Joe Allen. Like, forget this. <laughs> but I mean, theoretically, if you're if you're looking at him as the central attacking midfielder uh, playing against Hull this weekend, like you, of course you'd you'd want to consider that guy. Um, and so, you know, his price is creeping up on DraftKings, but it's still fairly. I mean, it's still very um, attractive uh, at 6,200, given that he's hitting, you know, almost 20 points every or for the last four games. One of them was a international match, but but still, like that's, oh man, I, I don't want to have to say nice things about Joe Allen, but I'm like getting there. You can do it if you need to. <laughs> I'll just, You're allowed to say nice things about Joe. Yeah, I'll I'll pivot to Marco Arnautovic at least, who I think I I don't have Arnautovic either, but I feel like. Um, maybe he's the one that that will make me feel a little bit better about grabbing some of the Stoke attack, but it's it's really disappointing how Wilfred Bonney just hasn't hasn't fit in as well as we thought. Like he hasn't looked good since he was at Swansea, and I'm not sure we're gonna see I'm not sure we're gonna see him bounce back anytime soon. Do you disagree? No, I don't. He we really haven't seen any production, and you would think that uh, with you know, three make three playmakers behind him in Shakiri, Allen, and Arnautovic that we would see a lot more production, but we just really haven't seen any many goals from uh, Bonnie to start the season. And like like you said, we haven't seen him really reach his peak since he was with Swansea. Yeah, that 
it was such a panic move um, to get for Man City to get him. Uh, I think yes. Aguero and uh, I think they had a, a number of injuries uh, up front when they got him. And it was like, oh, yeah, you know, he was playing really well for Swansea. That was obviously a good move for him. I'm sure he got a nice boost, uh, pay bump. But uh, it's uh, it's too bad that we kind of he's just like a shell of himself at this point. So I don't know. Um, speaking of Swansea, let's just move right over to that game. We've got Swansea at home against Watford. Um, Mike and I discussed it a little bit uh, earlier this week, but I, I'd like to get your opinion. Did you? Uh, what did you get out of Bob Bradley's first game uh, last weekend in charge of the Swans? Well, obviously disappointing with a 3-2 loss, but uh, they did show some pretty good spirit to come back um, and finish that one out 3-2. Obviously going down um, that many goals and trying to attempt a comeback is kind of difficult, but uh, they, I was pretty imp- uh impressed with Modu Barrow mm-hmm. um, on the right. He Before, he, he kind of caught that, that knock when uh, Xhaka kind of caught him on the right uh, the right wing there and when he was sent off. But before then, he was really uh, pretty dangerous for them and um, created some uh, a couple different chances for them. So I, I'm pretty impressed with him um, in, that, in that initial game under Bob Bradley. But uh, I'm expecting some big things this weekend, especially uh, being Bob Bradley's first match in charge at home. So. Mm-hmm. I'll still argue that that was a ridiculous red card, but again, I'm, yeah, I've got some. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, in fact, if he got hurt on that, it was only probably his like uh, wrist from falling on the ground for no reason. But um, we saw Gilfie Sigurdsson start up front um, in that game. Uh, eventually, uh, Borja Baston came on and, and kind of moved Sigurdsson back, but uh, Watford give up a ton of goals. Uh, I mean, they score plenty, but they also give up plenty. So I feel like there are goals to be scored in this match. Do you think? Do you think Baston is the guy? I mean, Fernando Llorente is back, so theoretically he could start. Is it just Sigurdsson? Like, I'm not sure Barrow has the goal upside, but I feel like yeah. there there will be goals in this one. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I wouldn't. Yeah, Barrow doesn't really have the the goal upside that we're necessarily looking for. Uh, Sigurdsson definitely is the player to target, although he's going to be pretty expensive on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, between either Urente or uh, Bastian, then you know one of those two guys. Dependent, it really depends who gets the start there. Um, I expect Borja Bastian to get the uh, get the start for Swansea. Yeah, and it sounds like Isaac's success might miss out for Watford, which means Odion Igalo could slap back in. Um, although. Either one of those guys, I feel like Dini's still the the guy that you want. Um, yeah, I agree. They preferred yeah. Dini over Igalo. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are your thoughts on Olebas, Jose Olebas, on the road at, at Swansea? Like, I feel like for uh, leagues like the Premier League's official game, where it's a very clean sheet dependent for defenders, he's kind of a tough play, but. I mean, he gets he gets forward enough. I'm I'm trying to basically convince myself that he's a decent play this weekend, even though um, I expect Swansea to put up some goals too. Yeah, I, he's not necessarily somebody I'm going to have in my lineup. Uh, I, pretty nice last weekend to have the goal out of him. Yeah, um, especially on that uh, that Heck Sunday. Of a goal, yeah, yeah, that Sunday Monday slate where uh, it's kind of goal deficient. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, someone uh, definitely. I'm not expecting him to again knock in another goal. And with Swansea being at home, you know, potentially putting up a couple goals, I'm not—he's not somebody that I'm putting in my lineup. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so far Swansea haven't been—you know—they're kind of middle of the pack in terms of crosses given up and Olebas. That's kind of where 
at least some of his value is. He doesn't take corners at all, but he has a decent number of of open play crosses. But yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about him yet because um, I think I'm a little just blinded by that goal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't blame you. That was yeah. A- pretty good big goal for Wofford yeah thankfully I think we can move on from Etienne Capu who uh, is now three games without a goal and I'm hoping it's longer because he's another one I just couldn't believe the the goal streak that he went on he was four goals in five games but every time he scored I'm just like come on it's Etienne Capu like this guy's not <laughs> I was riding his uh his goal scoring streak in a in a toggle league so I, I, I kept wanting him to score goals but uh, <laughs> I knew there was uh it was gonna have to come to an end at some point right right um, I'd say the last match that I think will be fairly close, which is, um, yeah, which is fairly close. I think is going to be Leicester Crystal Palace. Um, the, you know, last season, obviously these teams were very, very different. Leicester was surprisingly excellent and Palace were surprisingly, uh, poor, but, um, they're both playing, uh, I mean, it's weird to see how good Leicester have been in the champions league. And it's almost like they don't care as much um, once the Premier League games start. But um, Jamie Vardy and Wes Morgan have small knocks, but it sounds like they're going to play. And then Crystal Palace uh, are basically fully loaded. Um, so who do you th- how do you think this one plays out? Um, I could see this being another goal-scoring affair here. Um, with If Wes Morgan makes it into the lineup here, it sounds like he will. Uh, I expect Benteke to get a couple chances, and, and definitely. I, I think Crystal Palace pulls this one out. I haven't really seen anything out of Leicester yet this year in the EPL to make me think otherwise. Uh, obviously, coming off that 3-0 loss to Chelsea um, in the uh, Premiership. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I expect uh, Crystal Palace to come away with the points in this matchup and expect Benteke here to uh, to get a couple chances, especially if Wes Morgan is out of the lineup. Mm. If he is in the lineup, I expect a good, bo- a good pretty good battle out of uh, Morgan and Benteke. Okay, yeah. Um, it's weird to see uh, Leicester have given up 14 goals already, which um, they're 13th in the table and nobody, I mean, obviously it kind of works out that way, but like nobody ahead of them has given up more. Um and really, the only sides that have are West Ham, who have allowed goals to everybody, Hull City, who have done the same, and then all of the clubs that are in, in the relegation battle at this point. Not that we're really battling only eight games in, but for how good they were defensively last year, uh, they're just not not doing it this year. So, yeah, I'm looking. I wish he wasn't so expensive, but Jason, or excuse me, Andrus Townsend. Uh, just I feel like these are the kind of games that that he should be able to to have an impact on same with Jason Punchin. Um, and as much as I love Ben Teke, like he, he is fairly goal dependent. Although I guess if you think he scores, he could be a, a fairly good differential. Um, so you're staying away from the defenders in this game. Um, in DraftKings, I'm actually going to take a look at Christian Fuchs there you for go. Mister, just as a, maybe as a utility play mm-hmm. or a, or a defensive play, depending on where my uh, my budget's at. But definitely a guy that's going to get some crosses. Mm-hmm. And uh, if Slimani and Vardy can kind of tag onto those, then that would be obviously a positive for my lineup. But uh, that's somebody that I'm going to be taking a look at for uh, in DraftKings is Christian Fuchs. Okay. Yeah, he just signed a new contract, so his uh, NFL kicking career is going to be delayed a little bit. <laughs> um, so... There are four other games on on Saturday, none of which I think will be terribly close. The only one that I feel like could be is West Ham Sunderland, only because uh, West Ham don't seem to have dominant performances against anybody. But 
they should be able to just blow blow Sunderland out. Sunderland's dealing with a ton of injuries. Uh, Patrick Van Onholt uh, left last weekend's game with an injury, although he returned to training, so I think he's back. Not that he's a great defender <laughs> anyway. No, definitely not. Um, but West Ham got Aaron Cresswell back last week, and they will already be without him because he picked up two yellow cards. So uh, not he's another one that, you know, they he's not the the best of defenders, but they were so poor defensively without him. He comes back and they get a clean sheet, but now he's out again. Uh, I think I'm not even sure what they do at this point. Sam Byram's out as well, so they could start Alvaro Arbeloa. Um, Michael Antonio will probably go at right back where we've seen him be somewhat successful, although not that great. Um, so can you convince me on anybody from West Ham other than Dimitri Payet? Uh, you mentioned Antonio. Um, that's one player I would think about, but it depends how advanced his role is mm-hmm. on Saturday. Um, obviously, he's a little higher up the pitch, and I like him a little bit more, but uh, if he's going to be playing right back or kind of that right wing back role, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm not as sold on him. But if he, if he if he does get a chance to play maybe a little bit higher up the pitch, then that's somebody that you know that is worth consideration. Yeah, they did play a back three last week, so he was in that kind of wing back role. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's just not... It just doesn't suit him in terms of getting shots off as much because, you know, obviously he needs to track. He, he has more defensive responsibilities. So um, although against Sunderland, maybe maybe that doesn't matter quite a bit. Uh, Sunderland are missing a ton of players, although they they do still have Jermaine Defoe and Wabi Kazri, I guess, if you're if you're interested in there. I mean, West Ham give up a ton of goals. So I feel like the could they possibly get two shutouts in a row? <laughs> I think that's a lot to ask out yeah. of the defense at this point. Uh, it, it is kind of unfortunate that Cresswell was uh, Cresswell was sent off as I thought he looked uh, looked like he was having a pretty good performance out on the left. Yeah, and he's actually you know kind of a true um, left sided player for West Ham, and now they're kind of going to have to slot in whoever works there at this point with Cresswell out through suspension. Um, but yeah, I could see Sunder, you know Defoe somehow just continues to get it done in the Premiership and. <laughs> And, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for at any point for Defoe to stop scoring goals, but at, at this point it just doesn't look like it's going to stop. Yeah, he takes plenty of shots, which is always, um, you know, obviously goal scorers do that, but, you know, you have plenty of guys who take like one and two shots, and he's in the three to six range pretty consistently. So, I mean, that that's how you're going to score, and he's never one to, to shy away. And with the way that West Ham have played defensively, it seems, you know, if you – if you're there on Saturday and you're like, you get the goal alert that Jermaine Defoe scores, nobody's going to be shocked about that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, one player I considered, uh, Adrian in that, um, for a DraftKings lineup, mm-hmm. but, uh, cause he was uh, kind of on the cheap, uh, mid tier kind of cheaper end, um, on DraftKings. But, uh, that, that'd be somebody I'd be interested in just, just because of all the injuries that Sunderland has. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, West Ham's out without Cresswell and, um, a couple other guys. So, I could see them netting one or two goals there. Yeah, I feel like West Ham really just needs, as crazy as it sounds, they really need Andy Carroll back. Um, yeah. I never Somebody really thought. Somebody can and hold the ball up. And... Yeah, because uh, Simone Zaza just hasn't been that guy. Diafrasako is apparently getting closer to, to returning, but Carroll's really, not that you can like bank your long-term success on, on Andy Carroll since you know he'll he'll go out again, but um, I think I feel like this whole team changes when he when he's back in the lineup. 
Yeah, I agree totally. They're gonna sounds like there's a, they're gonna be getting a couple players back in the coming weeks with uh, IU returning to training and then yep. uh, Barrel as well. So that that'll be positive for West Ham and maybe we'll see you know them return to the form that they kind of had last season, whereas the beginning of their season has been pretty disappointing to start. For sure, I forgot about IU. <laughs> That's uh, he's on his way back. Yeah, yeah, that'll help for sure. Um, next up, let's talk uh, Everton at Burnley. Um, Tom Heaton leads the league in saves. He gets about 25 a game, it feels like. And uh, Everton have plenty of guys who like to take shots. That being said, do you think uh, Heaton stops them this weekend or they all go in? (laughs) I think uh, I could see this being one of those uh, uh, Lukaku games where he gets, you know, just all a ridiculous amount of chances and Mm -hmm. is able to find the net. He's been that goal he took against uh, Manchester City last weekend was pretty impressive. It just. You know, collects it out on the left and then uh, just goes it right at Gail Clichy. And I don't know what Clichy was doing there. He just gave him like five yards <laughs> of space to make up his mind and about a half a field there. So, I uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if Heaton will be clean sheet worthy this weekend, but uh, he's definitely going to have plenty of opportunities to make saves. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you think of anybody other than Lukaku? Well, there's Belasi is always one player to to kind of. Uh, target for Everton just because of his crosses and his ability to link up with Lukaku. Um, it sounds like, I don't know if Ross Barkley featured last weekend, but uh, he should return to the lineup this weekend. And that's certainly somebody to target at a, kind of a attacking mid role, um, especially if we're going to going to be expecting goals from Everton this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are two other guys maybe to take a look at. Uh, and then uh, sounds like Leighton Baines is going to miss out this weekend through, I believe it's a hamstring. He, played in a kind of a developmental match and uh came out of that with a kind of a setback so yeah. it sounds like brian o- oviedo will play at left back in his uh, in re- replacing baines yep that's somebody to look at too if you're looking for looking for like a low-end um defender mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and burnley's going to be without steven defor which um is a pretty big hit to them i mean he's he's pretty vital to, to what they do uh i'm guessing johan berg goodmanson uh slots in and uh, he had been taking corners when when Defor doesn't. Although I'm just not sure how many they win against Everton. I mean, Everton had just been so good defensively that um, relying on you know corners from a Burnley player, <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure how much how much value you're really going to get out of that. Totally, yeah. I I uh, kind of looked at Bird Goodman Goodmanson this weekend as well. Just uh, another guy who's pretty cheap, and you know he's going to get a couple chances out on the right wing there for them too. So. But you know, like like I said, he'll uh, he'll have a chance to go at uh, Leighton Baines-less, or excuse me, Brian Oviedo um, of Everton, and who's not normally the starter. So um, maybe he is able to exploit that. But yeah, there's not a whole lot of people, a whole lot of players on Burnley that I'm expecting to uh, mm-hmm. score a ton of points with yeah. this weekend. Yeah, the o- the only other guy I've, I considered was uh, Sam Vokes, um, but. That Patrick was... Bamford, you're not you're not expecting Patrick. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Although he, he did play last weekend, I, th- I mean, in start, but I'm pretty sure he came on. Um, so at least we know he's still alive, which is yeah, always, he is. He's breathing. Always, yeah, yep. Nine whole minutes, and he committed a foul, and that's it. So um, <laughs> it's nine more minutes than he had in the two games before that combined. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll get to ten minutes this week. Uh, yeah, and then tired. I... We'll expect Andre Gray back next week too after yep. serving the four game suspension. So that that might be the end of Patrick uh, Bamford's playing time. 
unfortunately, along with I think Ashley Barnes is on his way back as well. Yep, yep, sure is. Um, well, maybe Bamford will do what he did last year and force himself to a different team in January and not play there either. Um, that that could be possible too. Oh, what a waste! What a waste! <laughs> um, yeah, that gray suspension is one of those that like he should have been suspended for it, but it was weird because the thing happened like five years ago. Um, yeah, that definitely something that um, he shouldn't have done for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, like five years ago and then he catches a four match ban. So right. it was just a little bit kind of interesting how that all worked out. Right. It was all basically derogatory tweets, which it like, did nobody know that like know that they existed for the last five years or right. Like he, it's not like that... he hasn't been in the football association. Right. You know? Right. He's been playing in, in England for a while, and uh, and now for them, just like oh well, Burnley's up, and uh, now Whoops. you know, yeah. So maybe we should take a look at his Twitter from five years ago, right? Uh, yeah. But yeah, so kind of unexpected there, but definitely something worth a suspension, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, speaking with promoted clubs, let's do Middlesbrough at Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal coming off a fairly convincing six nothing win against Ludo Goretz, the powers of Bulgaria, uh, in the Champions League this week. Uh, the, this seems like it should be all Arsenal. Uh, is there, can you convince me otherwise? Uh, it's going to be all Arsenal. Okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Especially coming off that, that extremely impressive, uh, impressive win, uh, this week in, in the midweek champions league game. Uh, one player I'm looking at for, uh, Middlesbrough is El, Elvareo Negredo, mm-hmm. yep. um, up top just cause, uh, because of his price and, um, although the Arsenal back line has been pretty stout uh, this season, that's just one player I'm going to kind of look at just because of his uh, his place on the pitch. And uh, hopefully maybe he can get an assist or uh, a goal to kind of set things off. And his price is kind of friendly. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, the one guy I was looking, uh, looking at mostly when I was looking at kind of deeper stats was Antonio Barragon. And I believe I saw today that he and... I doubt it's friend, but it could be. Are the uh, those two, and then it was two guys from Everton. Are the uh, only teammates that are in the top fifteen in tackles uh, this season, which um, seems like kind of a random stat anyway. But Berrigan also had eight eight crosses last week, so um, theoretically, <clears throat> I mean not theoretically, he does kind of get a number of stats uh, across the sheet. The only problem is, is that I just don't expect them to have the ball enough for him to, to make a, a big impact this weekend. Callum Chambers had been starting, uh, for Middlesbrough. He's obviously ineligible this weekend because they're playing Arsenal. So, um, you know, he'll, I guess Danny Ayala will slot in, but, uh, in terms of Arsenal, we saw, uh, Mesut Ozil score has been scoring a ton of goals recently. Um, that's his first hat trick. Right, he had a hat trick uh, against Ludo Goretz. He scored against Swansea last weekend. Uh, do you think all of us, you know, we're getting a a big uh, Mesut Ozil goal scoring? Uh, it's it's tough plunger. to predict that just because of his past as you know, kind of a a goal provider. Mm-hmm. So you know, or an assist provider rather. Um, so I'm not necessarily expecting him to really you know score another hat trick or add another couple goals, but. Um, with with this matchup with Middlesbrough, he he could definitely see the back of the net. Although I'm expecting Sanchez really to kind of carry the goal scoring load. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Ozil obviously somebody that you always target just because of his ability to provide assists and uh, and he's in that impressive Arsenal lineup right now. Another guy who scored against Ludo Goretz uh, was Theo Walcott, who has six goals in his last five games. 
Um, I feel like Ozil and Walcott uh, are both very goal-dependent for their fantasy value, which is weird for Ozil because uh, last year he was so... Um, he was basically like... Well, he, he was assist and cross-dependent. Because Santi Cazorla was out, he got all the corners, and they won a ton, so he got plenty of stats there. But the... I I can't decide if like you, you need access to the Arsenal attack in the, for this weekend, and if you don't want to pay up for Alexis, do you take the discount to get uh, Walcott, or do you go even further to Mesudozil? I would uh, I would prefer Walcott yeah. over Ozil here just because of his uh, his goal scoring form right now, and uh, so yeah, that's uh, if I, if I'm not going to pay up for Sanchez, then that's. Uh, I'm definitely looking at Theo Walcott as a mm-hmm. possible option. Okay. Um, and then it seems like the defenders should be pretty attractive as well. Bellerin and Monreal more so yeah. than Koscielny and Mustafi. Definitely. If, if the budget's there, I would uh, try to target one of those guys just based on the fact that they're playing Middlesbrough mm-hmm. and uh, and should see plenty of the ball, um, especially in uh, in places to cross as well. So if, uh, if that's the case and you have some money, then either of those uh, outside backs or players to target. Yeah, the only thing that I'm looking at is that uh, Santi Gazzorla is questionable because of an Achilles injury. He came off um, in the 57th minute against Ludo Goretz. So if he's out, that means all the corners go to Ozil. Um, I didn't even think about that until just now, so I wonder if that... Oh, man. That Ozil-Walcott stack seems pretty attractive, which means... Alexis will have a hat trick on his own or something yeah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be all Alexis in that case. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm not even sure who takes the penalty at that point if Cazorla's out. Cazorla was supposed to take it. Alexis missed his last one. Walcott missed his last Wal- one. Yeah, I would think Walcott, but uh, I'm not totally convinced of that. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, who knows what the – it's kind of like that Manchester City penalty yeah. situation where <laughs> who knows who's going to take their next one. Yep, yep. Uh, let's go to your team next. Uh, that's the last game on Saturday. It's Liverpool home against West Brom. West Brom was, uh, had a pretty good match last weekend. They were three minutes, three-ish minutes away from shutting out uh, Tottenham until Deli Alley uh, ended that. But uh, I feel like West Brom on the road is much different, uh, especially at Anfield. Uh, do you, as a Liverpool guy, do you tend to get uh, overly uh, optimistic about matches or are you more pessimistic uh i would it's kind of funny how it works for me i get overly optimistic about the big matches um like so for instance last uh last monday against manchester united i was like just convinced that we would come away with three points there obviously we didn't um but like some of the lesser matches against like the west Broms of the world or like burnley and for instance earlier this season I'm, I'm just not convinced that you know i've seen them play big in too many like bigger matchups with like bigger clubs like chelsea or arsenal and then to come away and play the next week and follow it up with just a dismal display. So <laughs> I, I'm not totally convinced of this, uh, although it is at Anfield. I think the biggest key to this game um, for Liverpool is going to be Adam Alana getting in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, as we saw Monday, it was pretty – Daniel Sturridge was, you know, a pedestrian in yeah. that match. So um, I want to see that, that – uh, I want to see Coutinho, Firmino, Mane up top, and then Adam Alana just working in where he can. So, And then they, they also return Emery Chan – Yep. to the to the starting lineup on Monday too. So that might be like he kind of plays in a more removed role. Definitely a player that could you know potentially provide some goal scoring opportunities. It's amazing to me 
how poor Daniel Sturridge has been because I feel like this the way that they play should should be perfect for him uh, and yet he looks totally lost uh, to the totally point, lost. to the point where there's no reason for him to start I mean if if they can do Firmino kind of in a false nine then Coutinho and Mane out wide Lalana and I guess Henderson uh, behind them and Amory Chan I mean they've got they just look so much more fluid without Sturridge, which is weird because I've always looked at him as a very fluid player. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's definitely uh, with, you know, the supporting cast that he has now, you know, in, in seasons past where it was expected of Sturridge to really carry the load. And, you know, like last season, except he was hurt all season. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, he he's looked, you know, to be, for me, he's looked terrible this season. And, uh, you know, there's no, no reason really for for him to be in the starting lineup, especially with those, you know, Coutinho, Firmino, Mane, and then Loana just doing whatever is asked of him. So um, one thing I wanted to note, too, is just Jordan Henderson has been playing pretty phenomenal for Liverpool lately. Not on, not so much on a fantasy perspective, but uh, he's been kind of in that engine room for them and, you know, been providing a lot of just the get the ball out of the from the back line and provide it up to your goal scorers. So that's, that's one player I've been impressed with, too. Yeah, I've always... Um... I've been watching uh, an, an absurd amount of high school soccer recently for somebody who is both not in high school, is not a high school teacher, or has kids in high school. Um, my wife is a high school teacher, so that explains part of the reason why I've seen it. But anyway, um, one, of the, um, one of the hardest positions, I feel like, for somebody who doesn't follow soccer a lot, which my wife is, is this midfielder who is able to get the ball from the defenders and move it to his attackers. And it's such an underrated skill. And I feel like Henderson plays that perfectly with, with these guys around him. I agree. It, it has a lot to do with the supporting cast. Too. Oh, sure. I, um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot like, uh, for instance, you know, in basketball where you have like a, you know, a power forward or a small forward who just plays great defense and, you know, is able to, you know, get the occasional rebound. And it's, it's a lot like that where you're not going to see it necessarily in the stat sheet, but it's such a key, um, a key position in the lineup. Yep. Yeah. The, it's one of those that he definitely doesn't have a ton of value, uh, or at least consistent value on a, a format like DraftKings, but, um, the, the deeper, uh, formats Taga and uh, when Fantrax has theirs, which we play in EF. So like they're he, Henderson gets a little more value, but I, he's definitely undervalued in terms of like real life uh, importance uh, when you when you look at him on DraftKings, which is disappointing because um, he's a good player. But uh, so who like who do you start with? With we haven't even mentioned James Milner, um, who <laughs> is questionable um, with a head injury, I believe. Yeah, I think he caught an elbow there at the end right. of the, that game on Monday. Right. So, regarding, you know, whether he had a concussion or not, I'm sure he'll be right back in. Um, He's James. Or why wouldn't he be? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, is he, he seems like the safest play uh, in terms of, of, like, the highest fantasy floor. But who do you think has the highest upside? Of the, of the Liverpool side? Of the Liverpool uh, side, yeah. I've stayed away from in a daily lineup. I've stayed away from Milner just because he's pretty expensive, and I he is I, yes. My uh, kind of how I usually just kind of stay away from expensive defenders and try to find value in defense, mm-hmm. and then just spend high on forwards, which 
whatever that means, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Milner, you know, somebody to look at for defense just because he's got like the the highest floor. Yeah, I would say like he's a you know going to be a player who's going to get crosses in and win tackles and and the biggest thing being obviously if Liverpool earns a penalty then he's pretty money from the spot but uh he's not somebody I targeted um Adam Milana somebody I, I I'm definitely looking at just because of just you know what he's he's been in form uh, yeah. despite catching that uh the, kind of that small injury that held him out uh briefly but uh he's somebody I looking at I'm looking at just just as a factor of providing assists, you know, to Coutinho, Firmino, and Mane. However, that it just seems so fluid up there, and uh, he he's looked good and he's finished his chances this season. So that's somebody I'm looking at as a cheaper option than Coutinho, Firmino, and Mane. Okay, yeah, I think Mane is the guy for me that at least gets the most attention, just because um, he just seems like the one who's most likely to have a hat trick. Um, yeah, although. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I think uh, Coutinho and Firmino kind of cap out. I think at two goals for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and then also should be noted that Johnny Evans is going to miss this match for West yep. Brown, and uh, they're expecting uh, Jonas Olsen to start at center back with Gareth McCauley. So that might be a position to exploit there for Liverpool too. So we'll we'll see what happens. You know, as we talk about how many goals Liverpool is going to score now, it's going to come out and be like a nil-nil draw. So. Well, yeah, the, that's kind of the way I thought it was going to go last weekend uh, at Spurs, and I almost had it. I didn't really think that West Brom was, were going to score uh, totally under playing the Nasir Chadley revenge factor. So um, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But the is there the, the only guy from West Brom that I was really looking at was Chris Brunt, who has no guarantee to play. Uh, he came back from a long-term injury last week, so I feel like it'll be a while before he— he gets like a starting spot back, but he's kind of a crossing machine. That being said, playing against Liverpool doesn't doesn't usually mean you're going to be able to do whatever you want. Um, I think they actually allow the fewest crosses, or they're close to it in the in the Premier League. So, um, you you mentioned Chadley too. That's pretty much the only player other other player uh, from West Brom that I would target. Just yeah. just I mean the Liverpool defense isn't exactly airtight, so. Yeah. They're, oh, they're better though. Yeah, they have been better this season, but uh, there's a chance for them for West Brom to uh, to maybe get a get a goal. I would say, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that that'd be the one other player that I would maybe target from West Brom. Okay, uh, let's move on to Sunday. Uh, we've got two pretty good matches actually. It's yeah, basically a couple of matches. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Man City at home against Southampton and Chelsea at home against Manchester United. You may have heard of those clubs. Um, <laughs> let's start with the Man City one just to get it out of the way. Um, Southampton are really, uh, banged up in the back. It sounds like Ryan Bertrand and Cedric Suarez are going to miss out. Matt Target looks unlikely to play as well. Um, so we'll have Cuco Martina and possibly Sam McQueen, who I think is 17 or 18. Uh, against uh, Man City, who got blasted by Barcelona this week in the Champions League, the do you think there's a revenge? Like you know, we're we're back on the pitch now. Let's just put that Barcelona game behind us, or does Man City have legitimate concerns? Uh, you know, we've seen them the last couple games have a couple concerns. Really, uh, obviously the biggest one being that four 0 loss on uh, uh, during the midweek, but. Uh, They've always got the firepower to get it done. This is a, I'm 
I'm most excited for this match this weekend just because Southampton's been playing so well defensively. Um, yeah. They let up that, I think they went about, you know, 500, 500 plus minutes without a goal. Before, a lot, yeah. Uh, yeah, before conceding a goal to Burnley last weekend. Um, so I'm really excited to see how this works. Uh, but the biggest worry for me is that those injuries in the Southampton back line, um, Charlie Austin can't stop scoring though. So we'll, uh, we'll see if he uh, can maybe get a, uh, get on the goals, uh, the scoring sheet for them. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about Manchester City to start the season. I was convinced. I thought they would run away with EPL just based on you know Pep Guardiola being there and you know the the power of that lineup. But yeah, now I'm a little bit concerned, and I think Southampton have a realistic shot at winning this match. Yeah, that's it's crazy to think that. Uh, I thought the same thing that like Pep with this team. I mean, they uh, essentially underproduced based on their talent uh, last year or the last, well, yeah, basically last year. Um, and Pep has obviously shown to be pretty good. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah the, okay. the struggles, uh, I'm not sure where, where ultimately they need to, to fix everything that the back line has, has struggled. Um, we'll put it lightly. They had a kind of a weird theory or they kind of announced a weird diamond formation last week, which didn't really end up being what they played, but um They've got Pablo Zabaleta and uh, Bakary Sanya out this week. So I'm guessing they go with kind of a back three with uh, Otamendi, Kolarov, and John Stones, which, I mean, is okay, I guess. But um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, like, is that enough to, to hold Charlie Austin down? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. If Gail Cleish is in that lineup, then no. But oh, yeah, there you go. I, I don't know. Charlie Austin just can't stop scoring. And uh, as a, you know, never really supported any teams he's on, but I love the way Charlie Austin plays. So yeah. he's just tenacious. He's pesky. Um, he's he's somebody that just ran, you know, he puts himself in goal scoring opportunities and, and obviously has shown that he can uh, score the ball pretty efficiently. So I don't know if that's enough to, uh, to hold Charlie Austin back. <laughs> Um, I don't think he was supposed to play uh, yesterday. Uh, Shane Long got the start, and then Long came off injured. So um, we'll see. I mean, I assume he'll he'll start again, but he's not quite as rested. So um, do you, the 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 midfield firepower on this this two game slate is crazy. I mean, we've got oh, totally we've got De Bruyne, David Silva, um, Hazard. Uh, I guess Tadich. you could say, yeah, Tadic, Pogba, Tadich. if you think that the the United guys will will pay off, uh, Raheem Sterling, like it's uh, it's not going to be an easy slate. Um, where do you put Tadic on this on this slate? I would say uh, hmm. I, I put him in just because of his consistency. He's he's a, probably one of the top three players that I would target in the midfield. Mm-hmm. I'd have to double check on his price. Um, when those come out for the Sunday Sunday slate, but just because of his ability and his consistency, he's you know he's a player who is going to put up points every week, and and we've seen that. So um, I would definitely he's definitely a player I would think about targeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Especially, especially with Charlie Austin scoring the ball so much. So gosh, yeah, he he looks good. I got I got to get a kit in the mail here and have Southampton. There you go. Yeah. Out for me. <laughs> yeah, our uh, our friend John Wallen, who um, runs every all the content at, at Taga, was saying that if he he's a Liverpool supporter as well, but he said if he had 
been 10 years later to, you know, getting into the Premier League, Southampton clearly would have been his team. Like, they just seem to do everything the way you'd, like, want a team to do it without jumping on a bandwagon. Especially with, you know, we've seen their managers leave, too, and they still can plenty, uh, continue to play pretty attractive. Yeah, for sure. Too. And, and there's just a couple players on there that I really enjoy watching. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so Chelsea, Man United, Jose Mourinho's return to Stamford Bridge. Um, the I, I don't have any feel for this game um, because we kind of talked last week that when Jose Mourinho gets into a big game, he likes to kind of just shut things down and, and make it just awful soccer to watch. And He likes to park the bus. Right. And I'm just not sure he will feel the same way back at Stamford Bridge. Like, I feel like he would want to go in there and, and blast them, but he doesn't necessarily have the the team to do that. Um, Willian's supposed to be back for, for Chelsea, which is... Uh, definitely a boost because he he gives them a lot more than than pedro does uh how do you think this one plays out i think uh we're gonna see united you know like you mentioned gonna play pretty conservatively we saw that on monday with liverpool they you know they pogba was kind of in a weird role there too he he was a little bit higher up the pitch with ibrahim just behind ibrahimovic and uh so i don't really see uh United going into Sanford Bridge and just opening it up and letting the horses out of the out of <laughs> yeah. the table there, you know. Um, so I could I could really see them playing pretty conservatively and trying to hit it on the break maybe a little bit. Hmm. But the, you know, as I say that now, they're going to just play attacking football. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't I I don't know how to how to do it or how to read it. I mean, the like from a fantasy standpoint, like I like the way that Victor. Like I think a lot of people will end up having Victor Moses in their lineups because it's a short slate and he will be cheaper than, you know, Hazard and De Bruyne. So at least in Tottage, so it gives you some flexibility, but I'm not sure. Ah, I just really struggle to see this game being anything but a gross, either zero, zero or one, one, like, yeah, I I think you're right about that too. I, I don't see a whole lot of goals coming out of this one. Uh, you mentioned Victor Moses. Who expected Victor Moses to come in and play, you know, significant minutes for Chelsea this season? Um, with you know some of the players that they have, he's got two goals in the Premier League and seven appearances, and he's looked pretty pretty good for them. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, one of those that like the he's exactly what they needed, and yet he's been gone for the last four years because Mourinho didn't want him, or three years, and then he was on the bench. Uh, a little bit to start this season then he comes in and like oh yeah where's this guy been the whole time <laughs> it's like well he's been right there actually <laughs> just yeah. sitting waiting for his spot yeah and he, he's taking his spot too you know he's, he's played well and he's earned those minutes too i would say so um yeah as a when we took him on loan i believe it was and then he uh excuse me when liverpool took him on loan. <laughs> <laughs> not rotowire like but uh sorry um, but yeah, when we, when, uh, Liverpool took Moses on loan, there was, you know, he didn't produce at all. It was quite disappointing. And then to see him, you know, two years later now, he's been a key player to start the season for Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, he really has. And, uh, it's nice to see because there, there've always been kind of flashes, um, when he plays for other teams, I guess, but not, he really hasn't been any, he just hasn't gotten consistent playing time enough. I think he got a little bit, uh, at Stoke and then he got hurt. 
so and that kind of just ruined the the consistency that he had but uh yeah it's nice to see nice to see that turning into something because uh, i mean he's a good player yeah definitely i would say uh De Gea is somebody that I think he I'm not sure he's going to be the most expensive uh goalkeeper here in this slate just because of there's a couple of good goalkeepers but uh De Gea just on his based on his you know incredible save uh ability that he could be somebody to target too and the fact that there's only four goalkeepers as well yeah and if you don't think it's going to be yeah if you don't think it's going to be a high scoring game then um you Spend may as up well on a yeah. goalkeeper. the uh, I'm trying to see here I don't see a oh there is a Sunday slate there we go, um, yeah the Claudio Bravo um, is the highest one only because Man City I mean obviously Man City is going to be favored over Southampton more than Chelsea over Manchester United so yeah, um, yeah maybe it's a big Fraser Forster game I don't know I don't know um, before we jump into our DraftKings lineups which uh, I still have an empty spot in mind because I can't make up my mind. Uh, we want to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Mac Weldon. Um, Mac Weldon has uh, sponsored this podcast for the last month, and we're very uh, thankful for that. And um, they have given us a promo code to give away to our listeners, which is Roto Soccer R O T O S O C C E R, which gives everyone twenty percent off all of their orders uh, when they go to MacWeldon.com. Mac Weldon makes. Uh, they are mostly in, in underwear, undershirt, and sock company. Uh, I have some uh, thanks to them, and they're excellent. Um, always, uh, I explained on a previous podcast, Chris, that they're always the first ones out of my drawer, and we'll have to now that you've uh, now that you have a regular spot on our podcast, or at least have come on multiple times, we'll have to get you some as well because um, unfortunately, it may just change the way you think about your underwear. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'll have to get a couple pairs. Yeah. Thankfully, we can use the code ROTOSOCCER to get 20% off our, our orders there. So let's jump into our DraftKings lineups. We did the Saturday slate. Um, I believe you did the all-day because you mentioned uh, something about the 830 game, or the, excuse me, yeah. the, the early game. Uh, I did not, although I don't think I would have taken anybody from there anyway. Uh, so uh, who do you have uh, as your defenders and goalkeeper? Okay, um, so like I mentioned Earlier, I talked about uh, Layden Baines being out. I picked up Brian Oviedo mm-hmm. um, in uh, for one of my uh, lineups just because of the fact that Baines is out. I kind of like the matchup there, and I expect Oviedo to uh, to get forward. And uh, and then Christian Fuchs was my other play, mm-hmm. uh, just because of he's a uh, you know I talked about how James Miller has kind of a a low or a high floor I should say, whereas he's going to be somebody that you can depend on to get the points, not necessarily at the highest amount of points. Um, that's where I'm at with Fuchs too. I expect him just to 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 be pretty uh, steady, and uh, just to get some points. And then I went with uh, at goalkeeper. I went with Lucas Fabianski, uh, pretty pretty low price, and that's where pretty much the main reason I went there. And I like their matchup. They're at home. It's Bob Bradley's first match at home, and so uh, obviously a clean sheet would be good here. But uh, I think that the price and the uh, the matchup are the biggest reasons why I picked uh, Fabianski and net makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So those are, those are my, those are my two defenders. And then, uh, and my goalkeeper for that, uh, that Saturday all day slot. Did you use a defender in your utility? Um, I did not. Okay. So that means that we have decided to fade James Milner. Um, you mentioned earlier that that was pretty expensive. So I went with, uh, Tom Heaton in goal, just thinking that he may get a ton of saves. 
Um, he had 11 last week, gave up three goals, and yet still scored 16 points. So um, as long as Everton are taking shots, I'm hoping Heaton can get a few hands on. And then I mentioned Josh Tymon before for Hull. I put him in. Uh, I will have to scramble when inevitably he is not in the lineup. But 2500 bucks for a starting fullback, even or starting fullback against Hull, I feel like is is well worth uh, the attention. And then I spent 3200 on Jordi Amat, who uh, is not a good fantasy option at all. He happened to have a shot on target against Arsenal, but um, it's mostly that he was 3200 bucks and they're playing uh, home against Watford. But I, I wanted to to spend up everywhere else, so I was stuck with a guy, with a guy like Jordi Amat. I actually went with Milner to start. Um, in fact, he was like the first name on my list. And then the injury kind of made me question a little bit. And then I went down to Jose Olebas, who's the next highest priced uh, defender. 5,700 bucks is like, is very high for a defender, but doesn't yeah. look nearly as high when it's, <laughs> when it's $1,900 less than the, than the highest guy. Yeah. But even then I, I decided to toss him because I, I felt like I could make up the ground elsewhere. So, um, I'm not. I don't feel good about either defender and yeah, but hopefully the rest of my lineup pays out because those guys just aren't great options. It was a weird slate. I just didn't know how I felt about this slate. And there were a ton of like all of the upper tier guys. I feel like have matchups that you want to exploit. I, I agree. Yeah. I was, a. Uh, I kind of just went with folks just because, you know, um, like I mentioned, he's going to be a pretty good play there and pretty consistent. Uh, like I, we mentioned it earlier too, uh, Hector Bellerin and then, uh, Nacho Monreal have pretty good matchups. Uh, Monreal's at 5,100 and then Hector Bellerin is at, uh, 5,300. So two, uh, outside backs that could, that, uh, have a favorable matchup and are a little bit cheaper than the highest end outside or, you know, defenders for this slate. Yep. Um, who do you have in your midfield? So I kind of blew the bank on my midfield this week. Uh, I went with Adam Alana at uh, eight, eight, uh, eight thousand, and then I uh, picked up Demi Payet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's at ten four hundred, uh, ten thousand four hundred, but he's just—it's you know—he's he's a match winner, as yeah. we saw uh, a couple weeks ago with that insane goal um, where he you know put took five defenders on and then just slid it past the goalkeeper. He, he's somebody that I feel confident about spending that much. Um, that much of my budget on yep. because of his corner kicks, his free kicks, his, you know, his ability to create chances and then his ability to score goals too. He's, uh, he's got a pretty favorable matchup against Sunderland and I feel, I feel, uh, pretty justified in putting him in my lineup at that price. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And then Adam Milana, just like I mentioned earlier, just that Liverpool attack is just really dangerous and it's kind of, kind of like you can pick any of the four players uh, the three attackers and then Adam Lallana just and but Lallana being the cheapest that's kind of where I went at with that yeah that makes sense um did your utility be is your utility a midfielder yes uh I went with Jonasberg good uh Goodmanson oh, there it is <laughs> oh you know you know I had to do that I like his price at uh 5400 and uh he's just cut you know I like those Icelandic players too after uh after the Euros this week mm-hmm. or this summer this summer yeah I've uh I've been impressed with them and I just figured that uh he that's where my budget was at and I was like oh well this fits into it and uh his ability like you said he uh may take a couple corners as well and uh get it we'll see how many crosses he is able to exploit but he had a, a really impressive uh World Cup qualifiers uh yeah last week and the week before so and then uh 
against Arsenal. He had a cup. Uh, he has been able to put up points the last couple of weeks in the EPL and then in the uh, World Cup qualifiers. Of course, I put him in my lineup last week too, and he uh, he nets me a solid three points. So, <laughs> but I like him as an upside play, and and he he uh, was relatively cheap and mm-hmm. somebody who's going to get some crosses. So, hopefully that works out. Okay, um, I went with Chris Brunt, who we talked about earlier, he's at 3,600 and I hate that he is midfield eligible because he usually, or at least last season, I think was lining up, um, as a fullback. So I hate having to like use a, a, a non defender spot for him, uh, especially because there are a few different midfielders that I really wanted, but I used him. Uh, if he doesn't start, he's another one that I, this whole lineup is just going to crap if, if Timon and Brunt don't start. So, um, I'll probably... then, you got, then you're going to have to like freak out last minute and that's right. the whole lineup. Yep. It's uh, always enjoyable. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll just have to hope that guys like, uh, I don't even know who I'm hoping. I now need to hope <laughs> starts in order to give me a uh, Tiagi Yori. Could he get a start for uh, Liverpool? Maybe. Um, but anyway, so I used that savings at least to, um, I, I went, uh, 7,400 for Robert Snodgrass, which, um, preseason me would slap me in the face and I feel almost just as dumb doing it now, but, uh, home against Stoke, like Stoke, Stoke have definitely been better defensively or they've been better, uh, recently, but, uh, on the road now, I, I feel like, um, Hull have had a few tough games and this is kind of a, a good opportunity for Snodgrass to break out and maybe, um, given the way he's been, he's been playing, um, a lot of people will be off of him. So if he does kind of break out, I'll, I'll uh, I'll take that. I also paid ten four for Dimitri Payet just because uh, everything you said. Like I think he he might have the highest upside of any player uh, on this entire slate, which says something when when there are other guys um, like Alexis Sanchez and Lukaku that are available. But uh, those are the two that I have uh, at least leading my my midfield. And then I actually paid ten five for Alexis. Like I I had to get some uh, there as well. The the problem that I have. Um, is that I want Snodgrass, Payet, um, Sanchez, and I'll really want Mesut Ozil if um, if Cazorla's out. Like I think if Cazorla sits, uh, Ozil could have a, a huge game only because he'll be on all corners, and um, I think he'll be crossing more than than he has been. But um, I mean, it's it's entirely likely that Cazorla plays, but uh, I can't fit all those guys in because I need Chris Brunt or at least some cheap midfielder to help me fit in. So. Uh, I did that, and then I spent 8400 on Sadio Mane, um, hoping that he's the guy from Liverpool to to get me the points. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't um, I couldn't get Lalana because he he's not uh, midfield eligible, and or I'm sorry, he's not forward eligible, and Firmino is too expensive for me at this point, and as is Coutinho. So Mane just kind of fit right in for me. But I feel like you have to have some exposure to Liverpool. Yeah, definitely. It's just based on their ability to uh, to score a ton of goals. So yeah, I uh, I also thought about Firmino. He he would be my main target out of uh, out of Liverpool just because he's probably gonna. I hope they play that false nine formation where uh, Firmino kind of sits in the middle, and then yeah. they have uh, Coutinho and um, Mane kind of push up on the wings a little bit. But uh, yeah, Lalana just being the cheapest one of the of those four is where I went with. Uh, and then in forward, I uh, at forward I decided to. As I blew all my cash on uh, Payet and Adam Milana, um, I spent my money uh, on Modu Barrow. <laughs> I, 
I had I, just, I had Barrow as well. When I had my Milner lineup, Barrow was was so easily slot into the, that spot. But <laughs> I just uh, I'm gonna regret not having him. Yeah, I was just really impressed last weekend um, with mostly that second half against Arsenal before uh, before Xhaka just took him out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so dangerously. Oh my, I can't believe yeah, they didn't give him a ten match ban for that. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting at fifty eight hundred uh, in daily, and then. Um, I, uh, the next player I went with was Jordan Ibe. Just uh, he's yep. sitting at fifty three hundred, and I just of the besides Stan, uh, Stanis, Stanislas of uh, Bournemouth, I thought Ibe was the the only other option that I was interested in from Bournemouth. And um, at fifty three hundred, uh, I didn't really have you know because of Lalana and Payet, and uh, I spent you know fifty five hundred on Fuchs too. That I didn't really have a, a ton of budget left to uh, go out and get a pretty expensive forward. So I thought maybe. Uh, based on crosses and uh, following up that six-one thrashing, that maybe they could continue the goal-scoring streak. You didn't like forty-nine hundred dollars Patrick Bamford. <laughs> <laughs> he might, you know, I could see you maybe putting Bamford in Not at forty-nine hundred. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I, I didn't go with Bamford. Okay, all right, just checking. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so who do you think is the highest-scoring player of this entire weekend? So it could be Saturday or Sunday. Saturday or Sunday? Ooh, um, I looking at this this the current slate and then uh, just kind of because of those those are two pretty big matchups between City and Southampton and then United and Chelsea. I don't expect a ton. I would I expect more goals out of the City Southampton yeah. um, game, but Chelsea, Man United. I don't expect a ton of goals yet. So I honestly think it could be any of you know Alexis Sanchez, Ozil. Or uh, Romalu Lukaku, just he's got a pretty good price, and Burnley's, you know, not a, a super competitive side. So I, and based on Lukaku's ability to just tear defenses apart, um, I like Lukaku to score the most amount of points this week. Oh, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I well, ranked him first uh, in our weekly rankings, at least as forwards. But yeah, I think it's either going to be him or Alexis, and um, I feel like. Arsenal can crush somebody without Alexis being involved, at least on the on the score sheet. But I'm not sure Everton can crush Burnley with Lukaku doing nothing. Yeah, one player we didn't mention at all is Riyad uh, Mahrez. Yep. yep, we just did didn't mention him at all. He didn't get any uh, any show this time. But uh, that's one player we have. He's kind of been quiet to start the season. I mean, maybe that's more due to Leicester City being, um, you know, not as good this year. But uh, He's a little bit cheaper than those those high end options too, and he could uh, kind of come out and have a big game against Crystal Palace. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good good call. It seems I think he has at least two Champions League goals, so maybe they're just <clears throat> preparing for that and nothing else for the entire season. <laughs> he, he scored he scored that uh, that goal this week too, I believe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in the Champions League, and yeah, he had an assist earlier in the Champions League as well. So maybe he's just saving himself, you know. For that one, but uh, it looks like Leicester's kind of sealed that sealed uh, uh, advancement in that group. Hopefully, so yeah, maybe the plan is to just finish like 14th in the Premier League, but win the Champions League. That would be incredible. I would, <laughs> I, would uh, I would have to get like a Leicester kit. You know, that would be a little bit weird for me. But I think we all would have to at that point. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I got a Vardy jersey last after last year. Oh, yeah. So I big fan of Vardy. Where do you buy a Vardy jersey? I, uh, it's, uh, it's got, um, uh, I bought, I think I found it on eBay. Okay. So Vardy, Vardy on the back and then it's got his face and, you know, his, uh, his internet, uh, 
his cult status on the front there. So ah yes. So yeah, I I, uh, I might have bought that one uh, late night one time and just figured that uh, maybe Vardy. Then I just had to re- really get a one of my favorite players. So. Sure. And a jersey is pretty classy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nothing screams <laughs> class like a jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, that's it for this week's or this Friday's episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Thank you to our sponsors, Mac Weldon, for um, sponsoring the podcast. And Chris, thanks for filling in for Mike. I don't think we uh, missed a beat at all. And um, Mike may have to be worried now that he'll just be replaced <laughs> full time. Who knows? Come in for your spot, Mike. That's right. There it is. Uh, thank you, Chris, and good luck this weekend. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.